We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show, and I get to fill in for my pal Georgine today. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, the 93.9 KPDQ FM network, AM 860 to the answer, KPAM, AM 1640 to Patriot. 93.1 El Rey and 104.1 The Fish, and I'd love to talk to you about how to introduce our audience to your church through our church live stream directory, how you might possibly qualify for hosting your own radio program, how to become an authority and expand the reach of your ministry or business both on the air and through our state-of-the-art digital and online resources through our Salem Surround Marketing Branch, how you can host one of our station's events after the world reopens, and it will and bring people to your church or business at no risk to you. And most importantly, if your pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, or a connection to others, please email me. My address is mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. Our very special guest is an old friend and mentor and father figure to so many of us. And when I first moved out from New York, John Fortmeyer was quick to welcome me and embrace me and connect me with others. And John has just returned from a quick 2,600-mile trip to Georgia to help move his oldest daughter, Laura's family, out there. And bang, he's back already. So welcome back, John Fortmeyer, the publisher and editor of Christian News Northwest. (laughs) Well, thanks, Mike. Uh, I think I've caught up in my sleep now. It was indeed a very, very quick trip. How quick was quick? Well, um, not knowing any better, I uh, I volunteered to drive a 26-foot Penske rental truck and also towing my son-in-law's car on a car carrier uh, all the way to Georgia, and I thought I could do it in four days. And uh, I did it, but uh, there's a little sleep deprivation that sets in when you set a schedule like that. A little. Well, that's an understatement. How many hours did you average driving per day in this 26-foot monstrosity dragging another car behind you? Oh, it was it was probably averaging about 18 hours a day, if not more. It was, it was a big, long trip. So are you ready to move someone else cross-country sometime soon? It'll, <laughs> the only way I would do that again is at a much, much slower, uh, relaxed schedule. I realize I'm dating myself with this admission, John, but when I was growing up in the late 70s and early 80s, I got enamored with this TV show on NBC starring Greg Evigan and a chimpanzee named Bear. So the name of the program was BJ and the Bear, and it was this adventure series, and here was this war veteran who had this pretty shiny red tractor trailer. And his adventures driving across the country and fun and action and beautiful women. So I just wanted to be B.J. McKay and drive across country like B.J. and the Bear did. But I'm telling you, driving a 26-foot rider truck dragging a Saturn wagon behind you and realizing how incredibly difficult it is to drive those things and change lanes, 
I'm done. I can check that off my bucket list. Uh, may I never have to do that again, God willing. Yeah, I, I know where you're at. So welcome back. How's Newburgh looking today? Newburgh is, is beautiful and sunny and very warm. I'm glad to hear that you're uh, back at home here in Oregon, John. And for anyone who might be new to the area and be less familiar with Christian News Northwest, can you give us your elevator pitch? What exactly is Christian News Northwest? Where do you find it? Well, um, we've been around for, for a good long time now, Mike. Uh, uh, we are in our 27th year. Um, uh, Christian News Northwest is a monthly regional newspaper, uh, very widely distributed. We have the paper available for free at roughly 1,900 locations, um, uh, as far north as all, all over Clark County, Washington, Vancouver, all the way down to Eugene Springfield. Actually, we do, we do get a few copies uh, down in the, uh, the, the, the Medford, Ashland area as well. Uh, and uh, as far west as parts of the coast and as far east as central Oregon, and our mission is to both inform and encourage the evangelical Christian community. And like I say, we've been doing that for uh, almost three decades now. And how did you get started off in the publishing business in the first place, John? Well, um, my, I'm, I'm a career newspaper man, Mike. Uh, I grew up in Seattle and uh, actually took an interest in, in the media, you know, even in high school. Uh, actually, actually, even in junior high, I was part of my junior high newspaper staff, and uh, I attended a Christian college, Seattle Pacific University, and majored there in communications, and um, uh, became editor of uh, the campus newspaper my senior year. And uh, but I my interests in communications have always been broader than just newspapering. So actually, uh, when I graduated, I I uh, said a prayer that the Lord would plant me where he'd want me, and uh, I, I, I had three, three interest areas uh, career-wise. One was uh, newspapering, one was broadcast news, and another was broadcast management. And so I, I did a whole bunch of uh, 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 job hunting uh, here in uh, the Northwest area, and uh, wound up in in newspapering, and uh, I've stuck with it since. Um, uh, my first newspaper job was with a small daily in the eastern Oregon city of Ontario. Uh, then I was editor of a weekly up north of Seattle in beautiful Anacortes, and then I uh, worked for um, the the daily newspaper here in Oregon in Astoria uh, as a reporter, and then as a copy editor and associate editor. And then I was uh, briefly uh, hired with a, a new newspaper launch. Um, I was editor of a, of a, a statewide weekly based out of Portland um, that uh, un unfortunately didn't survive. It was undercapitalized from the uh, from the start. Uh, and then after that, um, uh, I actually two things happened simultaneously. Um, at that time, my wife and I, uh, and we, we had settled in Newburgh, and we had four small children. And uh, uh, I was hired on part-time 
at what used to be Western Evangelical Seminary. This is this is the only non-newspaper job I've had in in my career. I was hired on at, at what used to be Western Evangelical Seminary. It later became George Fox Seminary. It's now the Portland Seminary of George Fox, uh, doing um, the news releases and public relations, uh, and that led to a full-time job on the George Fox University campus. But at the same time, I was introduced to a gentleman from British Columbia who had started this interesting thing up in the Vancouver area called a, quote, Christian newspaper, unquote. And as a Christian and as a newspaper man, I was fascinated by this concept uh, of a Christian newspaper and uh, met this gentleman, and he... um, he asked me if there was a Christian newspaper serving in the Portland area. And not knowing any better, I, I didn't know of one. And he said, well, would you like to start one? And not knowing any better, I said, okay. <laughs> and the rest is history. And we launched Christian News Northwest in June of 1994. And uh, it's been uh, going ever since. Of all the roles you've worn in the newspaper and media industry, John, do you have any favorites of all the all the the roles I've had, I, I mean I've enjoyed every aspect of it, but um, the, the nice thing about my current position as publisher and editor of Christian News Northwest is that it's allowed it's it's taken me not only uh, in of course the the news reporting aspect, but every aspect of newspaper production. I've I've of course handled the the business aspect, um, the uh, the financials, the uh, public relations, promotions, uh, you know, everything that, that's involved in running a small business. And it's, uh, it's been very challenging, uh, but it's also been very fulfilling. I would certainly, the work that I've done with Christian News Northwest these past uh, almost 27 years has, has been the most fulfilling of my professional career because it, it's not only allowed me to, to um, you know, do the, uh, the journalism activity that, that I was trained for, but it also has allowed me to express my, my own personal faith in, in Christ. When we return, more with John Fortmeyer right here on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. This is Mike Lee filling in for Georgine Rice, and you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Our very special guest is publisher and editor of Christian News Northwest. So where did that personal faith begin, John Fortmeyer? When did your faith become your own? I grew up in uh, North Seattle, uh, and we had just moved into a, a, a brand new home, our family, in 1963. And this house was right next to a, a little forested patch. Uh, there, there was actually, uh, even though it's a metropolitan area, there was a, a very nice forested patch next to our house. But unfortunately, after only a month of living in this house, and my, my twin sister and I used to have fun playing in this in this little forest, bulldozers came in, started tearing it up, and uh, we found out that a church was going to be built. Uh, a free Methodist church. And so uh, they built that church, and within a year, uh, the pastor of that church had come down and met my parents and, and introduced himself and started them in a Bible study and uh, led them to, uh, to faith in Jesus. And it wasn't much longer before that that my, my uh, twin sister and I 
uh, we were both junior high age, uh, were also by the same pastor, led to faith. Uh, It was just a simple case of, it wasn't because of any big problems in my life or anything like that. I just got exposed to the truths of the Word and got convicted convicted of my need for a Savior and uh, turned my my life over to Him, and it's been an adventure since. Was it a difficult concept to see ourselves as sinners? You seem like among the nicest people I have ever met, John. Was that a difficult concept for you at this junior high age? Like I said, if there's no great problems or challenges in your life, the need may not necessarily be immediately made aware to you. But if you really examine yourself closely and read in the Word how all people have fallen short of of God's glory and that uh, without without, uh, Jesus as Savior, that, that we are... Uh, you know, facing a a lost eternity, uh, that gets you thinking. That gets you thinking, and and it was with those truths that I I, I just believe that God's word speaks to your heart, and uh, as you as you read it and contemplate it, and it, your 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 inner soul gets convicted of your of your need for a, a close relationship with God. So, at this stage of your life, John, did you and your twin sister? notice a difference in your parents coming to the Lord for the first time in their lives when this church just happened to conveniently move into your neighborhood? Oh, certainly. Uh, I mean, my, my parents were always, quote-unquote, good people and, and honest people and, and loving people. But um, I could see that, the, I mean, the, the way they reacted to their faith in Jesus was compelling to me. Uh, because uh, I saw a a new sincerity in their hearts, a new desire to do the right things in life and to seek God's will in their lives, and it impacted me. My very special guest today is the publisher and editor of Christian News Northwest. So, John, how has it been for you leading a print medium in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> I've been doing newspapering a lot of years now. If you count my my uh, work on the college paper, uh, I've been doing newspapering for, oh, goodness, about 43, 43 years now. Uh, makes me tired just thinking about it. But um, And I've seen a lot of changes in the newspaper world over that time. Uh, technologically, uh, um, I, I was back in the old days where you actually used an old-fashioned typewriter, and and the the uh, technology just changed greatly. And and then with the advent of desktop publishing, um, uh, the ability to produce a, a newspaper like ours um, became much much easier and and less expensive. Um, what I refer to as the the golden age of newspapering was prior to the 2008 recession. After that, all newspapers have found it uh, particularly challenging. Uh, competition from the internet, uh, of course, has been been a uh, a big factor. Um, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, I'm very realistic in terms of of the situation involving newspapering now. Um, that uh, newspapers do not have as big a slice of the media pie as they used to. You know, a hundred years ago, or maybe maybe a hundred 
25 or whatever. If you want to talk about the mass media, you're talking about uh, newspapers and, I don't know, what, the, the Telegraph or the Town Crier. <laughs> you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, of uh, options in terms of the media. But the media pie is, has gotten sliced up uh, much smaller now for newspapers. But uh, newspapers are still here. Uh, as, as I mentioned, I just took this trip across the country. And that meant involving uh, a lot of stopping in at a lot of convenience stores uh, along the way. And in every convenience store, one of the first things you see there is the local newspaper. Uh, because it's such a tradition um, in, in American life. Um, but newspapering is having a challenge right now. It, it's been challenged since 2008, and the current pandemic has been very, very challenging for newspapers. Very challenging. Uh, in our case, um, for the first time, and, and this, this was extremely hard for me, because I literally have newsprint and ink flowing in my veins. Uh, for the first time in our almost 27 years of publishing, we did not go to press with our April, May, and June issues. Uh, we, did, we did put the paper online on our website, but uh, we did not go to press for April, May, and June, and for two reasons. One is, uh, a newspaper like ours is very dependent on uh, uh, advertising uh, for events. And as you know, uh, in-person events just dropped off a cliff there. And they still really haven't haven't come back. Uh, so 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 many things are are being done simply virtually or online right now. So that had an immediate impact on our revenue, as it did every newspaper. The other thing is that our newspaper is distributed for free at 1,900 locations throughout the region. And when the pandemic hit, 99% of those locations uh, closed. Um, and my guesstimate was that it would take at least three months for things to start reopening. And uh, I was pretty accurate on that. Um, and after, after three months, uh, we were able to, to start printing and distributing again because a number of our locations had reopened. So uh, we're back in print and we proclaim that very loudly uh, at the top of our front page in our July issue that we were back in print and uh, Lord willing uh, we'll continue to do that because I'm far happier putting out a, a print product than not. My very special guest today is the publisher and editor of Christian News Northwest and if you'd like to get in contact with John Fort Meyer check out the website CN. NW.com, as in Christian News Northwest. That's CNNW.com. And when we return, more with John Fortmeyer. This is Mike Lee filling in for Georgine Rice, and you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. My name is Mike Lee with my dear friend, John Fortmeyer, the publisher and editor of Christian News Northwest. You know what, John? I grew up working restaurants, and as a result of that, that's never really left my heart, and I've befriended some incredible restaurant owners and caterers, and I remember come March and April, so many of them had to lay off 
so many people that were working for them over the years because, as you said, events got shut down. As a result of that, I appreciate them a lot more than I used to. And now that they are opened to some limited degree, the ones that survived this long, I go out of my way to try to eat at restaurants that are locally owned. And don't get me wrong, I've got nothing against the national chains. I've only had good experiences at the Outback Steakhouses and the Olive Gardens of the world. But the way I look at it is they're part of corporate America. They're very good at what they do, and they can survive a hit like this a lot more than a mom-and-pop operation can. But the blessing in disguise has been I've discovered a lot of really neat hole-in-the-wall local restaurants that I probably wouldn't have stumbled upon had the pandemic not hit. So along those lines, friends, I want to challenge you. If you have something coming up event-wise – or if you're a Christian business owner and would like to reach a captive audience in Oregon and in Washington, I want to encourage you to contact John Fort Meyer of Christian News Northwest. Is it okay if I give out your phone number, John? Sure. His number is 503-537-9220. That's 503-537-9220. And you may also email John at cnnw at cnnw.com, all of which I'll leave posted on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So have any customers begun to come back to advertising in Christian News Northwest, John? Some, yes, uh, some. And we are trusting that this uh, downturn in of uh, events is going to eventually lighten up much more. Um, uh, but yes, we, we, I mean, we've, we here are now working on our, our third printed paper from, uh, from when we resume printing. And, uh, you know, we still believe that, that our newspaper is a, a great and, uh, uh, you know, low cost way to get the, the word out about, uh, activities, particularly those of interest to the, to the Christian community. And it's so vital to our region that a GoFundMe account has been set up. Can you discuss that with us, John? Sure. You know, it's it's a very interesting thing that that uh, uh, exemplifies how challenging the environment is right now for for newspapers in general. Uh, before I started Christian News Northwest in 1994, I worked for 18 years for quote-unquote secular newspapers uh, throughout the, the Northwest uh, as an editor and reporter. I never, ever thought I would see the day when those newspapers that, that I worked for uh, are now openly advertising on their websites for donations to help maintain their operations. And... I never thought that we would, with our newspaper, uh, would would need to do the same. But when the pandemic hit, uh, QuickBooks did a promotion uh, in concert with, with the GoFundMe website, encouraging small businesses to uh, uh, solicit donations for their for their businesses because things were immediately so challenging. And uh, our newspaper is not a 501c3 under IRS rules. Uh, we cannot issue a, uh, a tax receipt for, for donations. And for that reason, we've, we've never, ever before 
uh, asked for donations. Uh, we've simply relied on, on our advertising income. Uh, but when this uh, promotion with GoFundMe was, was being uh, talked about, it, it caught my interest. I checked with, uh, with our accountant. I said, do you see any problem with uh, our newspaper doing a GoFundMe uh, effort, even though we're not a 501c3? But he was actually quite intrigued. He said, uh, well, that's interesting. I, he said, as long as you make folks very well aware that whatever gifts they make are not tax-deductible, uh, I don't see a problem in doing it. So we went ahead and set up the GoFundMe site, and it has been very gratifying to see uh, how many folks believe in the mission of Christian News Northwest. Uh, we have had, oh, last count, uh, close to $5,000 in, in donations through the GoFundMe site, and then uh, I think between two and three additional donations in checks mailed to us. And that has been a huge help through this time because, you know, printing, printing 26,000, that's how many papers we currently print, 26,000 copies of our newspaper and getting them distributed as widely as we do, um, you know, costs money. And so we, uh, we went ahead and did this site and uh, it, it's been, been very good for us. So obviously, friends, your mileage may vary, and we are not claiming to be a source of legal or tax information. But you might want to look into it, because if I heard you correctly, John, QuickBooks set up some kind of a program and assured you that a for-profit organization like Christian News Northwest can indeed do a GoFundMe account just so long as you say that any gifts are not tax deductible. Did I hear that right? That's correct. And, and like I said, these these former employers, um, these other newspapers that I worked for, they're not 501c3s. Um, but yet they've gone ahead and solicited donations and also made it very clear to those who give to them that whatever gifts they receive also are not tax deductible. That really fascinates me, John, as does the fact that our careers have kind of paralleled each other's. It seems that both of us had a run of jobs in the secular media. And I don't know about you, John, but when I was growing up in the 80s, we were always told at church, or at least it was inferred, don't go into the arts and don't go into media because bad people are there. And I think that's kind of flawed logic because now in the year 2020, there are so many people working in the mainstream media that are not people of faith because the church told us not to go there. And that's why there's so much more miscommunication than there used to be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I, uh, I agree with you, Mike. Um, obviously, when I started Christian News Northwest, uh, I was desiring to have a, a, a way to, to uh, pursue my chosen career but that also uh, you know allowed me the freedom to to express the faith that that's so important to to me and to so many others uh, when we started the newspaper one of the the first reactions we got was that hey you're really filling a gap in the uh, the news coverage here because uh, the, the news coverage regarding religious issues or, the, or particularly the evangelical community is often so lacking and people have, over the years, have consistently uh, expressed appreciation for what we do. And rightfully so, John. 
And as the father of four now adult kids, did you have any opinions about trying to follow dad going into communications or broadcasting or publishing? Well, I, you know, I, I would like to have had uh, any of our kids uh, decide to follow my steps, but <laughs> uh, maybe they were smarter than old dad. Uh, uh, all of them have chosen different career paths, and that's fine. They have to pursue the uh, the calling that that, that uh, fits them and and I mean, people should enjoy their careers. I've I've enjoyed my career immensely, um, but uh, you know, not everybody would would uh, enjoy a, a newspaper career. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch there are a whole bunch of choices out there and options for young people. Well, that's for sure, John. And would you encourage them to look solely at Christian organizations? Or is it okay to look at secular newspapers or stations or outlets in the media? Uh, if, if you are a committed Christian, that is something that you need to really prayerfully consider. Because there is a, certainly a place for being salt and light uh, in, a, in a needy world and in, in uh, career environments that aren't overtly oriented toward the Lord. Uh, but you can you can still have a, a an important role there. But sometimes, uh, you know, uh, with the way our society is right now, uh, if you stand up for Christian values and beliefs, uh, sometimes if you're if you're not in a spot that, that at least respects that, it can be like hitting your head against the wall. So it, it's something that I think each individual Christian needs to pray about. John Fortmeyer of Christian News Northwest returns next on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Filling in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee here with John Fortmeyer, who is the publisher and editor of Christian News Northwest. Do check out their website, cnnw.com, and they've even got a GoFundMe page set up so that you can help out throughout this pandemic season in particular. So, John, are you surviving okay at the moment? So we're we're hanging in there, Mike. I'm not going to say that it's that it's easy economically, but um, we're, you know, there's a lot of small businesses that uh, are well, even large businesses that are facing just a, as big a, a challenge as we are. So we just trust the Lord for daily wisdom and and uh, do what we can and. Uh, you take it day by day. I mean, that's that's what all of us have to do these days. I guess that is the tough part. Our daily walk and having to trust in God and rely on Him versus on our own understanding and our own efforts. So, John, where did you meet Sandy, your wife, in the first place? Oh, that's uh, uh, a great uh, story, Mike. It's an unusual story. Uh, my lovely wife, Sandy, was like me, born in Seattle, but she was raised in Juneau, Alaska. Her her dad was a dentist up there, and she never thought she'd leave Alaska. Um, her parents uh, had retired eventually to Anacortes, Washington, uh, where I was editor of the uh, the weekly newspaper there. And but her dad had an interest in a fisheries project in Alaska, and had. Uh, uh, gotten his flying license and 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 had a small plane um well uh her dad and three other family members took off on uh, a trip up in in the uh the panhandle of alaska sandy 
who was uh, a young mother with a with a newborn baby, stayed at home. And sadly, that plane went down in July of '81, and Sandy lost four family members. Uh, the Coast Guard never found the plane. We assume it went in the water somewhere up in southeast Alaska. The Coast Guard searched for weeks and weeks. And, you know, terrible tragedy, just a, 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 a awful tragedy. And um, after that happened, uh, Sandy decided that she needed to leave Juneau because all she had left was, in terms of family, was her mother and one surviving brother. Uh, I, I didn't specify these four family members were Sandy's father, Sandy's first husband, one of Sandy's brothers, and uh, that brother's wife. Those are the four that were lost. So Sandy moved down to uh, Anacortes, and it was shortly after that that uh, she decided she'd heard about a Christian singles group there in Anacortes. And I was a member of that singles group. And uh, Sandy walked in one day, uh, and I, I said, well, who's that? And the rest is history. Uh, we started dating a few months later and uh, got engaged uh, uh, later that year and married the following year. And I eventually adopted that, that little baby boy of hers and he's he's now six foot six uh, his his birth father was a very tall person and uh, then sandy and i went on to have uh, three three kids uh, and another son and then two daughters and uh, life is very full for us now we have uh, 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 actually um eight going on nine grandkids because we have an adoption in the works for for uh, one of our one of our sons so um and sandy will tell you that uh that whole terrible tragedy of losing all those relatives uh compelled her to uh seek the lord like never before and to rely on him for for hope to face another day and uh, uh god has walked with with her and with us uh, all these years. Wow, what a wonderful testimony of how God brought you to Sandy after such an amazing tragedy in that plane crash. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's not your average story, that's for sure. So in your perspective, John Fort Meyer of Christian News Northwest, what are we as the church, as brothers and sisters in Christ, doing right? And what might we want to prayerfully reconsider during this time in history? I think, you know, I, <clears throat> if there's one thing that, that has changed over the years in newspaper, and it's the flow of information, just the hundreds of emails that a little newspaper like mine gets each day shows such a cross-section of perspectives and opinions. And, of course, we get a lot of emails pertaining specifically to the evangelical community. Um, what I think is, is, is right is I, I get the sense that most Christians recognize that um, uh, we are in a pivotal time that what we're going through right now uh, may be kind of a, a dress rehearsal for even more challenging times ahead. And 
and so uh, I think I think people are are wisely, or at least Christians are wisely recognizing that um, they need to, uh, uh, like like I encourage, take things day by day, and uh, you know trust that recognize trust that God is in, in indeed ultimately in charge. Um, can, what can we do better? Um, wow. Um, I think we can, we can, uh, try to listen better to others. I think there's, uh, a lot of knee-jerk reactions out there, uh, in terms of, of what's, uh, you know, what makes sense politically. Um, sometimes the people that we disagree with, if we'll take the time to listen, uh, we can better understand where they're coming from and communicate to them that uh, even though we might not necessarily agree with them on things that w- we we want to show the kind of love and compassion that Jesus would and uh, respect uh, the fact that we're all in this together I know that's an overused phrase in this pandemic thing but we really do need to to do what we can to, to help each other out and to, to uh, be charitable and help meet meet other needs. One of the blessings in disguise about this pandemic season, John, is so many of us have been forced to work from home and as a result, learn things that we wouldn't have been forced to learn otherwise. So as a newspaper publisher in this pandemic season, what has God shown you since March? Well, I think the thing that I'm most struck about is I, 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 my head was spinning the, the, the rapidness with which the pandemic hit and suddenly everything was impacted. In fact, the, the headline that, that uh, I had, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, we did three issues viewable online only. They weren't in print. And my headline of the uh, April issue uh, in big letters at the top of the front page was pandemic virus impacts everything. And I mean everything. And if anything uh, struck me at that time, it was how we cannot afford to live our lives on shifting sands. We need a solid foundation because the things that we rely on can evaporate so quickly. And uh, it's it's just imperative that we look to God to uh, guide us and and we see him as the source of our provision because... uh, Wow, I mean, our world just had a wake-up call on how fragile our our systems and our society is. On our way out, John, is there anyone you want to say hi to? <laughs> well, I'd like to say hello to everyone who takes the time to pick up one of our 26,000 copies of our newspaper each month, because to say that you're appreciated uh, would be an understatement. Uh, you have kept our our operation going for close to 27 years and uh, lord willing uh, more beyond that but uh, uh, we we appreciate the the fact that we can can serve uh, the evangelical community in the way we do for more than 26 years christian news northwest has blessed our region so thank you so much for all of your help john fortmeyer thank you mike I'll make sure to leave the GoFundMe and uh, website, cnnw.com, on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. This is Mike Lee filling in for Georgine Rice, and you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ.
Good afternoon. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. My name is Mike Lee, and the fact that I was privileged and honored to be asked to fill in only means that the sandwich lady downstairs was unavailable. I also get to host a weekly ministry spotlight called Difference Makers. It airs Saturdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 KPDQ-FM. In addition to on True Talk 800, 1 p.m. Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. And if you just email me at mikelee at kpdq.com, I'd love to talk with you about how to introduce our audience to your church through our church service live stream directory. And most importantly, if your pastor or ministry leader could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, or connect to others, please let me know. My email address again is mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. And our very special guest is no stranger to Difference Makers. In fact, we last had Daniel Lacey on in 2016. And he is now the director of mission and founder of Bob's Auto Cafe, which is now expanding from its Tualatin location to a radio program as well. Do make sure to follow Bob's Auto Cafe on Facebook and check out their beautiful website, bobsautocafe.com. So, Daniel, what's Bob's Auto Cafe? Bob's Auto Cafe is a nonprofit auto shop designed to train individuals for future technical work uh, in the automotive field, along with uh, a shop that provides real-world service uh, shop repairs uh, on everybody's vehicles um, at a, uh, a great rate and uh, honest uh, honest work. Uh, we are also a 501c3 that allows for uh, donating a vehicle to us that we use for the purposes of training, as well as for selling, so that we, those proceeds can help us along with our service work to fund our organization. And then lastly, we have a benevolent side of our organization that through our third-party providers uh, allow us to help those in the community that might not be able to uh, afford automobile uh, service work on their cars. And and albeit though, it comes through those third-party providers. So we have people, organizations that call us as opposed to just anybody off the street calling us. That's a wonderful ministry you put together. So when did you start Bob's Auto Cafe, currently located on Southwest Industrial Way in Tualatin? Uh, It's kind of a a moving point in the sand, but it was about March of 2016. Uh, So we have just eclipsed our fourth year and um, moving forward. So it's it's in in, uh, design work, it took probably a good... Uh, two, well, three to four years even before that is, is uh, our board of directors met and we envisioned the plan and its, and its uh, full development and, and how we were going to go about doing that. And um, it's, been a, it's been an educational process to say the least. And it's been a, um, at times a bumpy ride. Um, even now we still go through some bumps. Um, and uh, But we're moving forward, and God's blessed. He has blessed us tremendously the whole time. Well, Daniel, I want to thank you and the crew at Bob's Auto Cafe for all you're doing for our community and for being open weekdays from 8 to 5, working on all different makes and models and fleet work as well. So do you and your crew have any preferences when it comes to vehicles to work on? (laughs) <laughs> that's that's kind of a, a interesting question. Um, there are vehicles probably best said that we'd prefer not to work on, um, and and yet we we take on anything and everything. They're uh, the problematic vehicles for for any 
independent shop out there are the ones that they might not have the proprietary software for. So uh, a lot of manufacturers like to hold on to that information, and, and we understand that uh, on some of the newer models. But even as the models get older, it's just difficult for the computers to talk to our computers. And so, no, we're, we're pretty open to almost anything. And we do diesel work as well. So we work on and gasoline engines, diesel motors. Uh, we do everything from the uh, take take the wheels and tires off the car. We don't deal with uh, with those at this point as far as uh, providing uh, sales of tires and service on tires yet. We're working on that. Uh, but everything on from there into the vehicle, electronics, mechanical, uh, transmissions, engines, cooling, suspension, the whole bit. So there's nothing that really we stay away from. And we're very good at what we do. Well, that's the important thing. And as a brother in Christ, we're called on to be excellent at what we do. And I think it's just fine that you're staying in your sweet spot. There are plenty of established businesses that deal with tires in this area. So why go up against that when you could concentrate on doing the main thing? Exactly. Yeah. And we actually have partners that we come alongside with that, uh, that will help us in need with, uh, with tires and, uh, wheel alignments at times. Although we're really close to, I believe, having our own alignment rack. Um, so we can take care of those things. But the, the most important thing for us is that the work that we do in the shop is geared towards helping those individuals that we're trying to train for the future as well. So we want to be, be able to make them an all encompassing person, not necessarily focused on just one aspect of the vehicle because um, you never know what you're going to get when you come come to work in the morning in the shop i mean um i don't know if you want a quick story here but this one this one is, is fun we we love god's stories um we love to see how god allows us to find answers to questions that are um outside the mix we had a uh, a vehicle that came in, and I'm going to be cautious here because um, we do have a lot of partnerships with with uh, manufacturers um, in the sense of dealerships in the area, and we we love their work and we love uh, working with them, and they um, uh, they help us in, in various aspects and, and ways. But we had a vehicle come to us from a dealership that this woman came and said, uh, "My car keeps going in limp mode." And what that means is uh, she's driving down the highway, and at 45, 50 miles an hour, the car would instantly go into limp mode, which meant the car would get relegated down to about five to 10 miles an hour. Well, if you're driving down the freeway and that happens, it's really not a great comforting feeling knowing that you might get a, uh, you know, a, a hit from the back at that speed uh, as your vehicle is decelerating and you have nowhere to go. So long story short, the vehicle was taken to a dealership, which um, basically said uh, she needed a new transmission. And uh, the car came to us via a church partner that we have. And they said, she can't afford this car. She's upside down in it. Uh, and it was a decent car, a uh, nice car. Um, and, and they said, can you help? And we said, well, we don't know. So we diagnosed some stuff. We looked at some things. We figured um, what we knew. Um, but the car would go into limp mode for us as well once we cleared the codes and just go right back in. So one day, my, my new ops manager at the time, this is about a year and a half ago, uh, we were watching an intern pull this car in for its third hour of diagnostics and to, uh, to establish what was going on with it. As he pulls into the lift, he hits the brakes and the brake lights don't come on. And I looked at my, my ops manager and said, hey, I know we're kind of new to each other, but I, I don't allow this to happen. Um, car comes through the shop. If the brake lights don't work, it's a safety issue. We want you to change those brake lights. Uh, so they work. 
he takes his fist and slams me in the chest. He's a brother. <laughs> and I said, he says, the brake lights don't work. And I, I said, yeah, the brake lights don't work. And he slams me in the chest again. After I said, it got to get fixed. He says, the brake lights don't work. Come and watch this. So he pulls me into his office and pulls up on a Google form that um, in the specific vehicle, if the backup lights don't work, uh, the transmission could go in the limp mode. I said, no, nah, come on. You got to be kidding me. So I said, well, change the brake lights. So he changes the brake lights, starts the car up. The whole dash had been a plethora of uh, Christmas tree lights. Those all went out. And he, uh, my, my door has a glass uh, front on it so I can see out in the shop where he was. He backs the car off the lift, rolls the window down, smiles at me, slams the car into drive, peels out in front of me, peels out reversing, says, go drive the car. I'm kind of the test mule dummy. Um, so that way, you know, it's not going to cost the shop too much if something happens to me. But so I get in the car and I go drive it for 45 minutes. No issue whatsoever. We went to the church and um, this four to $6,000 transmission fix, it was probably more five to $6,000 it was going to cost her. Um, Ended up costing the church. We, we charged them for the Diag work and some other little things that we did on the vehicle to, to make the transmission a little bit sounder. Cost them 350 bucks, and they were gladly willing to pay that in order to, to get this woman on the road. And that was it. The brake lights were out. Mike Lee here with the host of the very new radio program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio, airing Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800. More next on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back to the Georgine Rice Show. My name is Mike Lee, filling in for Georgine, and our very special guest is Daniel Lacey, who is the host of the brand new radio program Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800 KPDQ AM. He's Daniel Lacey of Bob's Auto Cafe. And Daniel, before the break, you were sharing how you were able to save someone a lot of money by simply doing a diagnostic test on their car. Ended up costing the church. We, we charged them for the Diag work and some other little things that we did on the vehicle to, to make the transmission a little bit sounder. Cost them 350 bucks, and they were gladly willing to pay that in order to, to get this woman on the road. And that was it. The brake lights were out. 350 versus 6000 Wow, yes, that's some difference. Well, and here's the thing that we train for. Here's the thing that we, at least in my mind's eyes, I think is important, and that is to be all-encompassing. Not just go after the problem and say, okay, that's the problem. The transmission doesn't work, so transmission code says it's time to replace it. But rather, had that dealership done a visual inspection of the car and noticed that there was a safety issue with the brake lights being out and done the right thing and changed the brake lights the whole world would have changed. But in this case, they decided to, like, we kind of use the term kill the car and just say, oh, it just needs a new transmission, next car. Because it was going to take maybe too much time to diagnose the problem or because they just figured that was it and it's always been the problem and so forth. I talked to a service manager of a like dealership. If it was the same one or not, I don't know. I wasn't. It wasn't important to me. And I just told him what we'd found on this specific brand of vehicle. And he says, I'd never heard that before. I said, I know. And other people have never heard that before either. And you need to look at this. Because the tra- basically what was going on, for people wondering, is that the vehicle was going into limp mode because the brake lights were not working. So therefore, for whatever reason, and I am not an electrical guy at all, it's, it's an enigma to me, 
there was a signal being sent back to the ECM of the transmission or the transmission control module and basically saying your brake lights are on even though they weren't on but because they were messed up your brake lights are on and we will not allow you to go 45 50 60 miles an hour with the transmission you know and drive because your brake lights are on so you're going to blow this thing up so i'm going to shut you down and that's what was going on so the brake lights were out i don't like to sound <laughs> like a conspiracy theorist daniel but <laughs> Do you think it was incompetence, or do you think it was simply not being careful, or do you think maybe the first diagnostic was going to be financially beneficial to the person who gave it? It's easy to replace a part. It's difficult to find the problem. It's easy to, for one in one's life, to eliminate a problem by getting rid of the situation but then all of a sudden they come back to find out that the problem is you know comes back to themselves and it comes back to them you know in a spiritual platform and this is one of the things we're going to be talking about on bob's out of cafe radio is that there are times when we want to get rid of the problem and not uh, what we perceive to be the problem instead of looking a little further to find out what the real problem is. You know, it, it just it just comes off the top of the head, but you look at marital problems and it's easier to get a new wife or a new husband than it is to look into ourselves and to find out what the little issues are that cause this whole thing to rear its ugly head. Um, there are, um, so compartmentalizing and changing a part is easier than diagnosing. The sad part, think about it this way, Mike, is that, is that had they changed the transmission of this vehicle and gone back and started the car up, guess what? The brake lights were still out and the vehicle, the transmission would fail again, quote unquote. It would go back in limp mode. And then here's the problem is that shops are, they don't train their people to be responsible at times for the misdiagnostics. They'll come back and go, well, you know, there's another problem here, too, and we need to charge you for this. And, and it's, um, uh, dare I say, this is, it's it's passing the buck. You know, it's not my issue, it's your issue, and it's it's your responsibility, not my responsibility. There must be a problem with you, not a problem with me. And um, so I love that story. We've got a couple of them like that in the shop, and we're going to save them for, you know, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio, and because I can't give you all the good stuff. That was a real good one I gave you. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to change the part than it is to find the solution to the problem. Oh, I love it. I love it, Daniel. Tell us, when did your faith become your own? Probably when I was uh, my senior year of high school. I became a Christian when I was nine. I, I distinctly remember that time of um, knowing that Christ died for my sins and, and asking him to come in my life and forgive me from all of my my mess-ups and my future mess-ups that I kind of understood at that point. Uh, but my senior year of high school, I dated a young lady that um, loved the Lord, and she just kind of entrenched to me the need that I needed to focus on the Lord and not on myself. But it's always been a struggle. I don't know how else to put that. Um, I think if we say that a spiritual life is easy, uh, then we're blind to what's going on around us. Um, it's... Uh, it's always been a challenge. And um, so I always come to the throne of God and say, hey, Lord, okay, uh, straighten me out because I need to be uh, better at what I'm doing here. And, um, uh, and not better. I need to be forgiven for what I've done wrong. And I need to be 
cleansed and I need to be pure and I need to be holy and I need to be walking in your path and uh, following your footsteps and obeying you, not just doing good work, but obeying you. Um, so it's um, senior year of high school and Lord willing, I'll never stop growing um, you know, on my path to sanctification. Don't miss Daniel Lacey, the host of the new radio ministry program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio, Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800. Follow Bob's Auto Cafe on Facebook and check out the website bobsautocafe.com, which I'll leave linked up to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. Filling in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee. More next on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Mike Lee here with the host of the very new radio program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio, airing Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800. Welcome back, Director of Mission and Founder of Bob's Auto Cafe, Daniel Lacey. How are you, sir? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for uh, having me here. It's a privilege and a pleasure. You sound very comfortable on the mic. Were you always that way? Um, I think so. Um, I, I don't know if you want to hear the story how I got here, but I um, uh, basically I had a speech communications minor in in, uh, in college. Uh, I was going to seminary and grad school to become a pastor, and I just kind of knew I was a little rough around the edges, and so I pursued some other things. and And I've always had a passion for cars and motorsports, and um, so I, I kind of pursued down that line. I, I went racing myself a little bit and um, just was always around the field and, and uh, just comfortable around people. So where did the love of racing start for you, Daniel? Well, the earliest recollection I have is my father taking me to a place called Ascot Park in Gardena, California. And uh, as my mom used to say, we used to go watch the jalopies race, but actually we were watching the sprint cars and the midgets and the the um, silver crown cars, I called them for IndyCar. Um, and so I watched a lot of the great names, the Pernilla Jones, the Lee, uh, Jill Leonard's, the uh, sometimes AJ Foyt was out there, um, just, just all kinds of great drivers, Benthausen, uh, run Ascot Park. And it was a pretty famous place. And uh, it was the sights, the smells, the um, the, the sound that, uh, that drew me in. Uh, I just found myself having a deeper and deeper passion for racing. Did you listen to a lot or watch a lot of play-by-play when it comes to the racing game? Not really. That's kind of where things get a little weird. Um, in, in the motorsports, uh, you can listen to some stuff going on. I used to listen to races from Ontario Motor Speedway and, and uh, Riverside. I used to hear the play-by-play from the PA booth uh, at Ascot and what was going on there, although the, the sounds of the, the engines obviously dominated the atmosphere. Um, but I've always had a, a, a passion for people and, and for what they do and to promote them. It's not, it's not as unselfish as it sounds. And maybe as I am a selfish person, I think all of us inherently are, but I really love promoting other people. Um, and so it was, um, my background kind of came into motorsports in 1999 when I, I went on the road full time to uh, to announce or to full time to be a chaplain uh, in professional motorsports with the Trans Am Road Race Series and and from there I became chaplain for multiple series and and always was a chaplain first and foremost 
But in 1999, one of my boots hit the ground at the Long Beach Grand Prix was kind of the backyard race for me as I grew up in Southern California, uh, but now on a whole different official level and, again, taking care of the men and women of the motorsports uh, community. Um, I had a guy pull up alongside me and said, hey, I heard you in the preacher guy, and you must have the gift of gab. And I, I kind of looked at him and said, yeah. And he said, well, I'm Tom Nachu. Uh, it's a guy that used to have a TV show called Dream Car Garage. Um, and uh, amongst the other shows he had. And he said, well, I'm, I'm the PA announcer. Why don't you come up and join me in the PA booth, and, and uh, you can be my color guy. Well, I, I had also been racing for nine years myself, so I kind of knew the environment that way as well from the inside. And um, I really never left his hip um, in the PA booth um, other than, you know, at least when we were on track. Another, if we had an emergency, obviously, my first call was the chapel guy. Um, but I never left, left his hip and became the color announcer of that series and later on became the lead announcer of the Trans Am series, um, along with other series from IndyCar on down and um, probably 10 or 11, 12 series that I've been involved with. Many of the drivers that um, I worked with uh, uh, went on to IndyCar and to uh, Formula One racing, uh, some even into NASCAR. And that's that's where I, I really... Um, started shining in the PA booth and started feeling more comfortable with, with working with people. There's a whole different side note story to that as far as being able to uh, move around the paddock as, quote, the color announcer now instead of just the chaplain guy because a lot of people just don't want to talk to the chaplain. You know, hey, come to chapel service and love to have you here. I'm here for you guys, yada, yada, yada. Um, but when you say, hey, tell me a little bit about you and your sponsor, your team, what's going on, and get to meet the people and get to talk about them, it opens up a whole different um, dichotomy or, or, or dimension, of, um, dimension of, of how we can relate to people. And I think that's important to note in the spiritual realm. It's not just – it's not about me. It's about other people. And even though I'm gabbing on now, it's not about me, Mike. It's about you. It's about our audience and how can we uh, minister to them. So this was an avenue for me to, in which to to be able to um, flourish. And one of the side note stories is, is I remember handing off to a guy I used to race against, who's now in the tr professional ranks, handed off a chapel flyer. And as I'm walking away, I could hear the thing being crumpled up and round filed. And yet that same year, because they got to know me and knew I wasn't going to just thump them over the head of the scripture, it was about lifestyle evangelism. Um, later on at the Michigan Grand Prix on the streets of um, uh, Grand Rapids, um, they had had a horrific crash and were up all night. And I came downstairs from the hotel that we were really close to the track at and uh, uh, at 11 o'clock at night, just came by to say, hey, do you guys need anything? Because I saw the lights burning on in the paddock. And they each individually came up and said, thanks for being here and thanks for coming out. And then the next morning before the start of the race, um, I said, I'll be praying for you guys. And, and rather than hound them without, they, they said, well, thanks. And then one of them piped up and said, can you pray for us now? And that team that wadded up that file, that chapel flyer at Long Beach a few months later, are standing around in a circle around their car, and I'm praying for them on the track. So that's what Announcy started doing for me uh, in the chaplain position. On this, on the, I went down the road. Let me come back. How did I get my my teeth cut on announcing? I listened to some Rams football, 
uh, Minnesota Vikings, you know, the purple people leaders against Roman Gabriel and Gene Snow and all that stuff. And Gabriel to Snow down the sidelines. Love that. But the real cusp of how I got to understand more about individuals and how important it was to talk about them rather than about me and to be, hey, look at, you know, up here in the PA booth was in uh, in high school. Uh, in college, I got a chance to go to some great Dodger games, and and some friends of mine had season tickets, and they would, um, they were in the third level section. If you know Chavez Ravine, they were way up high, and it's like, really, what what good is third level? Well, third level was six feet off uh, home plate at the rail, and if you know Dodger history, if you know where that is, that is literally six feet off center and at the rail above Vin Scully. And so I would listen to Vince Scully without a radio because you could hear him, his voice projecting, uh, talking about the Dodgers. And then later I'd listen to him on the radio, obviously. And before that, I was listening to him on the radio. But just seeing the environment, feeling the environment, being that close to that announcer and listening to what he was doing and talking and, and, and talking about people and their personalities and how, how that plays into the sport and what they do and what they're thinking and how they're going about things really helped me, I think, in many ways, ways unknown about talking about the individuals in a race car and what's going on. You know, I'll I'll point out not just the first five guys in a race. I'll point out the guys in 25th through 27th because they got a heck of a battle going on. And then as my friend Dorsey Schrader would say, you talk about the dance and the footwell of the car as the the feet are moving back and forth in the pedals. You know, your left foot breaking, your right foot breaking, you're hitting the clutch, you're hitting the gas. You know, I I know today they got all these sequential paddle shift stuff but but back in the 90s and thousands you know 2000s uh, through that era there wasn't that so much and so it developed into that but but you're talking about the dance going on in the in the, in the car moving the wheel looking around checking your mirror checking out front hitting your marks making sure you're not hitting somebody and and not going off track and so that's what i enjoy is i bring bring that excitement i bring that personality of the individual of the car or in the car out to the people in the stands, and that's what I love doing. So if we can do that about individuals out there in the world that are listening, that are um, going through issues, going through things in their spiritual walk and, and their life, um, and, and, and make it personable and make it, you know, enveloping them, the reality of that, um, that's what it's all about. How does God's Word affect them? How does God's word mentor, minister to them? Um, and and it's, it's, it's each individual and bringing what we have to the forefront in a way that they can understand. Much like the racing, bringing to the forefront things that people don't see in front of them, explaining it to them, getting them excited about it. Same in baseball. They don't see the pitch. They don't see the the, the the threads coming off the ball, off the pitcher's hand, but the but the batter does. And what does he do to get that to that point where he understands what's coming at him? What do we do to understand what's coming at us in the world? And how do we react to it? How are we going to play this game out? Great words of wisdom, not only in an automotive sense, but in a spiritual aspect from Daniel Lacey. More next on The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show Podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Filling in for Georgine, likely here with my friend Daniel Lacey, who you may remember 
as the founder of Bob's Auto Cafe. They're located on Southwest Industrial Way in Tualatin. And he is now also the director of mission for Bob's Auto Cafe, as well as the host of a brand new program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio on True Talk 800 Saturday mornings at 9. So, Daniel, with your announcing and play-by-play experience, in addition to you being mission-minded as a businessman and the founder of this nonprofit 501c3 group, are you excited about hosting a radio show now? <laughs> oh, man. You know, there's a fear factor that kind of comes in because it's um, uh, there's there's a, a time certainty, right? Um, I mean, we can do things remotely, sure. We can do things, uh, you know, as we say in the can, you know, for, for video and stuff and throw it in the can and then produce it or put it out there later. But the bottom line is um, I want to make sure that what I have uh, to put on the air is real and relevant. If it's not, then it's, there's no purpose in my being there uh, with uh, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio. Um you know, likely with difference makers uh, is is real, and it's it's uh, um, you, you do a lot of homework, and so there's been there's been kind of a interesting um, change up in my organization um, that now allows me and and almost kind of commands me to get out and about and to grow the business. Um, it's been very difficult in the past because of a limited clientele, and just um, I think. I know God has kind of pushed us down a little bit to just say, okay, let's get our, get our act together. Um, and there's been a lot of maturity, I think, in, in that process and vision. But the bottom line is I got to produce content. I got to make sure that, uh, that it's, it's, it's real. I like, like the idea of being raw, being direct, because I think a lot of people pussyfoot around, and that's not me. I had a guy walk up to me at the racetrack one time. And big guy, big guy. Wasn't very intimidating guy, but he's a big guy. And um, he's standing in the opening of a trailer and he's looking down on me. And he knows I'm the I'm the God guy. And and he says, uh, he said, well, I don't need to go to church. I don't need that stuff. And, it, and I said, oh, okay, all right. And I said, what do you believe? And he said, well, I, I believe if you're good to if you're good to everybody, then you know God's going to take care of you, and and God will God will note that, and and I'll be all right. And I said, where do you read that? And he says, in the Bible. And I said, hmm, where, where in the Bible? He says, I don't know, but it's in there. I said, okay. I, I left him with a phrase that I've heard a pastor or two say, you shouldn't do this, but it's, it's who I am. I, I just looked at him and I said, well, good luck with that. And I turned around and walked away. And, um, you know, you're not going to change the individual. Uh, well, first off, you've noted, I think, and in, in we were talking earlier, uh, I sent some things to you, and basically one of them was, uh, I, I know that you can't change people. You can't change anybody. Um, they've got to be willing to change themselves, and God has to be the instigator of that. Um, I really believe that. Uh, otherwise, you fall back on your habits. So when uh, when I turned around and walked away, I, it's like, okay, I'm not going to change it, dude. It's, it's, uh, it's on you. Well, about two, three hours later, I walked I was walking around and he came up to me and he says, Hey, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I, I didn't mean that, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't believe in God or, you know, or that, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I just said, I said, just be careful of what you say. Um, that's in the Bible. If you haven't read it, I said, you've read the Bible, right? And he said, no, I never have. I said, good challenge. Let's, let's read the Bible. 
So I, I set him on that path, hopefully, of, of being able to, and I didn't see him very much. He was like at one specific racetrack in the country that I visited once a year. And I, I, um, I said, you know, read the Bible. Start with the Gospel of John. Find out what it's all about before you talk about what's there when you don't know. So um, knowing what's there, portraying or, or presenting that on the, on the radio, uh, whether it's uh, Difference Makers or Bob's Out of Cafe Radio, um, it's important that we have our facts straight. It's important that we have reality in front of us, and it's important that we can make it relevant to those who are listening. Especially nowadays, Daniel, in this cancel culture that we're living through, I mm-hmm. love how you just said, maybe you should just read the Bible. You didn't get confrontational on this gentleman, and as a result, your conversation was able to continue. Good food for thought for all of us when it comes to trying to live this walk of being a Christian, especially in today's world. Tell us about the name. You're Daniel Lacey. Where did the name Bob's Auto Cafe come from in the first place? Well, it's kind of funny because I, I deviate the story a little bit. I, my middle name's Robert. My grandfather's name was Robert. So there's two Bobs there, right? Um, a real simple story. Uh, and my youngest daughter, uh, Danielle, is kind of my car girl uh, of the three. Uh, she's helped me on, on restoring a car or so, and, this, and I've got a car in the garage that I need to restore that she and I, Lord willing, will we'll get to in a short order of time because I'm timing out. Uh, well, we, we are, are, are all timing out. Um, but uh, when she was two years old, uh, Danielle would always say, me, 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 me. Everything was me. Everything was me. Everything was me. And I, I said, okay, can you say Danny? Your name is Danny. And she goes, no, me. And this went on and on for, I don't know, five minutes or so. And finally, I just, um, you know, this precious little thing, I was talking to her. And she, I, I just said, fine, from now on, your name's Bob. And um, I walked away. I came back a few minutes later and I said, so what's your name? And big grin on this two-year-old's face. I, I'm telling you, she's two years old. And she looks at me and she goes, Bob. And I just, <laughs> uh, my dad came in the, in the door a few minutes later. I said, Dad, 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 ask her name, ask her name. And she says, Bob. And for the next six to nine months, I don't know, she kept introducing herself as Bob. It stuck as a nickname. So that's her nickname. And I thought, you know, I've always wanted to have a place that uh, if we build this place, I, that's kind of a – a cafe, which maybe has a food element, but at the same time, I've always liked the idea of cafe racer, like motorcycles, um, but it's automotive, so it's an auto cafe, and so hence the name Bob's Auto Cafe. Oh, I love it. I love it, Daniel. Don't miss Daniel Lacey, the host of the new radio ministry program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio, Saturday mornings at 9 on True Talk 800. Anyone who want to say hi to, Daniel? Uh, thank you to my wife, Miriam, who constantly loves on me and I don't know why, um, but 36 years and we keep going and my little, uh, grandkids, Taylor and, uh, G2, um, Gabriel Jean, new, newborn. He's, uh, 11 weeks old now and I haven't seen him and Lord only knows when we'll be able to at this point. And when you do, you're going to appreciate that kid so much more. So good for you, Daniel Lacey, director of mission and founder not only of Bob's Auto Cafe in Tualatin, but of the new radio program, Bob's Auto Cafe Radio. Follow Bob's Auto Cafe on Facebook and check out the website, bobsautocafe.com, which I'll leave linked up to the Difference Makers page at truetalkat100.com. Filling in for Georgine, I'm Mike Lee on The Georgine Rice Show. 
Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.